So hi everyone and welcome to this Friday edition of You Are My Borough, talking um, all things Borough. Obviously a look back at the midweek game and a look ahead to uh, this weekend's game at the Riverside. I'm in the company once again of Dom Shaw. Hi Dom. Hi Scott, how are you doing? Good week at Chelsea. I'm alright, I'm alright. A couple of bits of housekeeping. Firstly, I have to apologise for my croaky voice. I have been at Cheltenham for two days. I'd like to say that my voice is um, not so great because I've been cheering home a shed load of winners it's more about the Guinness, I think. Uh, but we're all right. We're fighting fit. We're ready to go this weekend. Um, we did say we'd hopefully have a guest today. We, we've got uh, two or three, actually, lined up for the next two or three weeks, which I think you're going to really enjoy. Some really good ones. Unfortunately, they couldn't quite make it a day. So it's myself and Dom uh, running you through today. But we will have some special guests, probably one a week for the next three weeks or so. So look ahead to them. And obviously, like, uh, comment, subscribe, all the usual stuff. We're here twice a week on YouTube to talk Borough. And it would be great if we can have your questions, comments, anything you think. Um, it's your show more than it's ours. So just let us know what you think and any ideas. So let's get straight into it, Dom. Um, hold hold on, just quickly, just, Sorry, quickly before, just quickly before we start, I, I, I can't believe you haven't pointed it out that you tipped a winner on Monday. It won. I don't know how it was the last race on the Tuesday, and um, it was a, it was what the longest race of the festival. So they go around they go around kind of two and a half times, and for two and two thirds, it looked like it did not have a cat in L's chance of winning. <laughs> then the horse that was winning fell two out, still didn't look like it was going to win, and then the horse in front stopped in about the last two hundred yards, like someone had put the handbrake on, and somehow. Gaillard McDermott got up the win. So, yes, we did. We had a winner. Um, I'll probably end. It's a Gold Cup today. So, I know I'm a hostage to fortune here. Because if I give a tip and it's no good, then probably by the time everyone's watching this, it'll have already yeah. lost. But we'll, we'll, we'll do that at the end. Yeah, we'll yeah. throw one in at the end. It, 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 keep you on the hook. You've got to wait to see what, uh, what we're going with today. But there we go. Um, but while I was gallivanting down um, in the Cotswolds, Dom was hard at it at the Riverside. Um I mean, clearly not the result that everyone was hoping for, but is this a case of the championship being the championship? You're not going to win every game. And Stoke, for all that the, the league position might not suggest it, are actually a, a pretty good team who played pretty well. Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. Um, Stoke were as good as any team I've seen at the Riverside this season. Um, yeah. Really, really well coached, in your face. I wasn't at the game when they won well at Sunderland, but um, they obviously had a plan there and pulled it off to perfection. And it's funny, isn't it? Because the, the title of our episode on Monday was a Borough now favourites for automatic promotion. <laughs> yeah, which, yeah. Which, which genuinely, I felt that to be the case after the weekend. Um, I, I think it sums up the madness, really, at the top of the championship that, and Paul Heckingbottom spoke about this on Wednesday, how they beat Reading, they're going up. They lose to Luton, they're not going up. They beat the Borough, drop points against Stoke, they're going up. And then they yeah. win on Wednesday. And it reminds me some ways of, um, I know it's different, but the relentlessness of it. But Man City, Liverpool, when they were going for the title, and yeah. that feeling that anything other than a win is a complete balls up that you're not going to be able to recover yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. yet the reality is it, of it is, as we've spoke about on here, um, Borough weren't going to win the last 10 games. Were they? No. There, there was going to be no. a slip-up. Um, no. and, and, and actually, 
kind of 10, 15 minutes into the second half on Tuesday night, I turned to the lads who were sat with her and I said, I'd, I'd, I'd take the point now. Um, yeah. I think Stoke looked really good, probably yeah. more likely in the second half. And um, I, I think I think it's a solid enough result. It's obviously the frustration of Sheffield United winning the day later, but, um, yeah. but a win this weekend. Obviously, nine points would have been the, the, the dream this week. But seven points out of nine, I, I, yeah. I think I think Borough had say, I think Michael Carrick had, and, and his players had, had taken that before a ball was kicked yeah. at the start of this week. And in terms of the performance and the way Borough lined up, I mean, are, are there any lessons to take away from it, do you think? Or, or as you say, is it just a case of, look, you're not going to win every game? You know, this is a side that's been functioning really well for pretty much the entire duration of Michael Carrick's reign. So, you know, yes, there'll be odd tweaks here, but there's, you know, no real takeaway other than the fact that it was a day when it didn't quite happen. I, I think Borough looked leggy. Um, yeah. I was surprised. We, we, we've spoke about it and we spoke about it in the press room before the game. We we wondered whether he might bring Barlasser in in midfield to freshen mm. it up or, or force back in. I know for Ramsey that's difficult because Ramsey had had been man of the match yes. two games in a row. So, so that's maybe a case of being wise after the event. But, but... I, I did think, but long trip back from Swansea, um, quick turnaround, big game against awkward opponents, and um, Borough were by no means poor, but they they, they just looked, you know, um, probably a yard off what they had been. Yeah, um, yeah. Now Michael Carrick disagreed with that after the game. He he said he didn't think they looked tired, but I think Zach Stefan on Sky had said that he felt they did. Um, yeah. Well, that had been that had been something uh, bit what I'd been told afterwards, but yeah, um, I, I think maybe uh, looked slightly off it, but Legend. I think that's probably amplified by the fact that Stoke came and they're really awkward, aren't they? And in yeah, midfield, yeah, yeah. they yeah. had the lad Will Smallborn in midfield who was excellent and, and bossed it. Um, yeah. I was saying afterwards, you kind of come away from there thinking you've got to fancy Stoke for next season, and yet. We've probably said that for the last yeah, five years. Yeah, every, every season, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, Alex Neal, it does feel like he's probably getting it right there. You imagine he'll have had promises about what backing he's going to have this summer to have jumped ship from Sunderland to go there. So, yeah, that, that you know, that's probably a good shout. In terms of that... He's a good manager, isn't he? He's a real, I mean, you look, you look I mean, right up close you know, he, he did a good job getting Sunderland up last year, you know, that... As we know, they've, you know, they've been down there long enough without being able to do it. So I don't think you should downplay the achievements of that that he did. And and like I said, there are signs that he's starting to turn the corner there at Stoke. And you would imagine if he does get any kind of back in this summer, then they should be better next year. In terms of that that Borough kind of performance and everything then, Dom, you were obviously um, at Michael's press conference yesterday as well. I mean, obviously, this is the last game before the international break, so you do have a gap after this. You know, if, if you did want to go again with those same players, then then there is a, obviously a break for them. Yes, some are going to be away playing at the Nationals. But how does that affect, do you think, the dynamics of the team selection for this weekend? Coming off, you know, it is the third game in a week, but then it's the third game in a week before a two-week break. So how do you think that that marries up? That, that's it, isn't it? And um, as we've spoken about before, Michael Carrick talks a lot about the options in his squad. Um, but then... You do have to use those options, don't you? You can only kind of for so long say. Then again, they've been winning most weeks. So yeah. why would you change it when they're winning? And 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 there hasn't been many midweek games. I think, what, have we had yeah. two since the World Cup? So yeah. it hasn't felt like he's needed to freshen it up. Um, and he obviously has eyes on them 
training and 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 will yeah. obviously gathered that they looked fine after Swansea uh, and they were fresh and they were ready to go again. Um, so he, he he might make one or two changes tomorrow, maybe bring Force back in to freshen it up. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's all, it's all right saying you know you Barlez is the obvious one, isn't he? But then who does yeah. he come in for? Johnny Housen's past the threshold now for the for the for the ten yellows. Um, Hackney looked. Hackney. Hackney had uh, it was probably as poor as he's been on Wednesday, on Tuesday. But then, hell, fiery set such high standards, hasn't he? You yeah, can excuse him. You can excuse him yeah. a six out of ten instead of a seven or an eight. Um, yeah. That's just that's just human, isn't it? That's that's normal. So, what, so what difficult one, what, really. Yeah. What I was going to say was when we talk about it, it's an interesting one. This I think because. Borough do have a good squad. In comp- you know, when you look at the options they've got and when you look at it in comparison to other championship clubs, you know, a squad depth is not really a concern. And yet, as we've said, you could bring in Barlazer, you could bring in Force. Fry. She, uh, clearly, there's a choice there between Fry and McNair. But beyond that, yeah. unless, you know, if, if, we, if we make the assumption that Jones and Mooney's are pretty much going to be out of the equation for the rest of the season then actually, unless there's injuries, you'd be really surprised if you then started going down the roots of your bollers or your dyke steals and making those kind of changes, wouldn't you? So while there is squad depth there, there's probably only a pool of about 14 players that he's going to be picking from, unless, as I say, there's injuries or Jones or Mooney suddenly comes back in from the cold from nowhere. Well, it's interesting now because we were saying that on Tuesday night in the... Um... When, when you look to the bench in the last 10, 15 minutes for a spark, there, there was Sonny Finch on there. Who, yeah. who, who, now, now he's clearly an incredibly talented young lad. Uh, really, he looked really bright and impressive when I saw him in pre-season. But, um, and, he, and he's clearly earned his place. But it's an awful lot to ask of yeah. a, what, a 17 I mean, year old to go on against at this level, yeah. exactly. Yeah, Ben Wilmot and two and Zebe at centre half. Yeah, yeah. Two bruisers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and the kind of takeaway from that really is um, Isaiah Jones must be way off it to yeah. to not to not be you know when you look at that bench to not be included in the squad on Tuesday night yeah um, I think it's a pretty damning indictment really well because he is you know clearly there's something going on here but but on the at his best on what he was doing last season. He's different to Force. He's different to McGree. He's even different to Ramsey a little bit. He, he would be the one player, you're right, who you could chuck on in the last 20 minutes of a game and potentially will give you something completely different to what you've had on the pitch for the first 70. But as you say, there's something not right there, is there? You know, you, no. all indications are that, that that's probably that. And he's not, you know, he's, he's, he's going to have to work really, really hard just to get back in the squad between now and the end of the season. Never mind, actually I mean- get on the pitch. I mean, the one, the one, the one who would have obviously Carrick would have obviously turned to on Tuesday if he'd have been available from the bench was Matt Crooks because he's been yeah. the, the you know the yeah. kind of something different, hasn't he? And and actually, you look at you look at Stoke's defenders and the way they're playing. Crooks might well have been well suited to go and rough them up a little bit, and mm-hmm. um, if not from the start, then certainly from the bench. But yeah. I got the impression talking to Carrick yesterday that he still won't be ready to be involved on Saturday. I, yeah. I think Carrick had said words to the effect of we'll have, we, we're hoping he's ready to train or we'll have to see if he's ready to train. So he's clearly not back in training yet. So you yeah. would imagine... They'll so give that him sounds a- like bench, bench at the absolute best, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but I think you're right. I mean, yeah, you're right. He he he's he's the one who will come back in after the international break and potentially give you that option to change things and freshen up and change the style slightly because that's the other thing at the minute when Carrick is making changes in the last stages of the game, it's tending to be like for like, really, which is fair enough, you know, okay. But Crooks, you're right, probably does give him that option of going slightly more direct, um, you know, potentially getting your wingers to get crosses in much earlier. It gives you a little bit of a different option than if you've got Archer up there, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And and I think the other thing um, that... Carrick spoke really well about it at a press conference on Thursday was the importance of the fans because um, yeah. it, it did get slightly edgy in the second half, absolutely understandably, um, mm-hmm. given that, you know, the importance of the game. It felt like a big game, didn't it? And and Borough weren't quite at it. Um, and, and Carrick said at his press conference on Thursday that the, the, the fans are going to be as important as the players in the running. Um, and, and the point he made was... The, the, the words that he uses again and again to his players, two words, a, a trust and belief. And it doesn't matter whether it's the first minute of a game or the 80th minute of a game and you're 1-0 down. You've got to trust and believe in the system that we work on day in, day out. And yeah. I think the kind of message he was trying to get across was it's the same with the fans, you know, stick with us, stick, you know, it, it, even yeah. if we are maybe not at our best, we're not going to go along. We're not going to go back to Stefan and, and throw Dale Fry up front for the last five minutes and, and lump it forward. We're going to kind of stick to the system that we believe's best. Um, and and you know, it was absolutely no criticism of the fans. He pointed out that they've been incredible since he took charge, yeah. and, and and it was a good crowd on Tuesday. It just got understandably slightly edgy in the yeah. second half because of the- I mean, it's going to be an interest. We we have touched on this in previous vids that it it you know. It- you do have to keep the context of where Borough have come from this season because it's, it, you know, it feels a bit ridiculous in some ways that there is going to be a little bit of a sense of disappointment if this fight for second doesn't really materialise and that if Sheffield United pull away. And to be fair, we keep on saying it, but and it's clearly not going to happen this weekend because Sheffield United aren't playing, but a six-point gap with nine games to go, we're, we're probably at the point where if Sheffield United were to win and Borough were to lose one Saturday, that gap then becomes nine, maybe. That That is, you know, that 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 then you're going to really struggle to bridge that. So it's not, it's not inconceivable that in the final three or four games of this season, really through no fault of Borough, Sheffield United are almost over the horizon and gone. And that's when I think... There needs to be that reset that, okay, yes, there's a degree of disappointment about that. But if we get in the playoffs, that's still a massive, massive achievement from where we were. And we need to get everything, you know, behind this to give it the best shot and actually win this thing. Well, well, Preston this weekend is 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 feels like a good time to to reflect because it was away at Preston that was obviously Michael Carrick's first game in charge. Um, yes. And... We asked him yesterday, he was looking back on that Preston game, and and I said to him, it, it almost seems ridiculous to ask this now, but after that game, that despite the fact you lost, did you see enough to think you'd, you'd stay up this season? Did you see enough to think, yeah, we're going to be fine? Although yeah. they were, what, 21st, 22nd, whatever they were. Um, and he kind of said it it, it, it wasn't, the, the league table at that stage wasn't in our thinking. We were just judging the players we had in front of us. Yeah. But he said he realised pretty early on from the reaction of the players, uh, the, the, the attitude and application and, and the talent, that, that um, 
that there was something to work there, with. There was plenty there, yeah. Yeah, what, what, yeah what I, I, I did that Preston game, and you, you got that impression speaking to me afterwards, because obviously it felt like a crushing blow at the time, that last-minute kind of concession, and obviously the way the way the game played out in the end. Um, and I know, I know that he was a new manager coming in, but even at that stage, speaking to him immediately after the game, the overriding opinion was he, he was thinking, do you know what? I'm not. I'm genuinely not worried about this. There's more than enough there for me to work with and, and get this team moving and get this going. So, um, you know, because on paper you you kind of write and you know a harsh reality check. He, he's 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 learned about the frailties, yeah. and obviously at that time that was a borough side that were conceding a lot of goals off set pieces. They were giving a lot of soft goals away, um, and so you were thinking, well, you know, here we go again, new era, same old problems, and yet. It, you didn't really get that impression from him at any stage. No, 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 no. And um, what 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 he said yesterday was that yes, it was there. A, was there a moment when you thought, you know what, where we can we can go up this season, where we we can make that top six or the top two? And it, and he said there wasn't. You know, he yeah claims that, or he said that it's just been a kind of week to week and then before you know it really you're, you're, you're winning games and you're, you're challenging for something else at the top of the league instead of scrapping to stay to stay in it at the bottom um, but it, like you're saying there, the kind of persona and, and the approach hasn't changed has it from no. the first game and the first win at Hull to the win at Swansea at the weekend and the draw against Stoke in, in midweek. And it does seem remarkable, doesn't it? Like, you, like you're saying there with that perspective, but when you think about Borough were, where Borough were, and then now you draw against one of the informed teams at home and you're suddenly thinking... Oh, yeah. I mean, a couple of times I wrote this week about it being a setback and a slip-up and a disappointment, then you're thinking, ah, that's probably harsh, really. And yet, yeah. and yet you want to make the top two. It is a slip yeah, up, isn't it? When yeah, you, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's that balance. It's I suppose that's that's where Borough are, isn't it? it it's probably testament to the work that, 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 that they've done that they are disappointed with the home yeah. draw. So we've got the league table running below us there. We'll we'll have a look at the, the weekend <coughs> game um, in a second. We we did we have had a message in um in the week uh, on Twitter from Davy765 who said, Sheffield United don't play this weekend, they're in the cup, should Borough be wanting them to win or lose? Which I think is an interesting one, because we are still in this Borough-Sheffield United head-to-head, which, you know, I know it's probably a little bit contrived, there's plenty of other teams still in it, but you you obviously, as well as doing Borough, did Sheffield United at Sunderland on Wednesday night, um, and so you saw them get what was clearly for them a massive win, but, but they're now going to, you know... They'll, Paul Eckenbottom won't say this, but from a fan's point of view, their biggest game of the season this weekend, an FA Cup quarter-final, win it there at Wembley. Um, I mean, how does that dynamic play out for them, do you think? Well, well, Eckenbottom did say, actually, he said that this could be one of the biggest weeks in the club's history. Um, mm. Because you get to Wembley for an FA Cup semi-final, you don't know what, you know, you... you for all they know, Grimsby might be Brighton and they might get Grimsby in the... Yeah, exactly, the yeah. It's unlikely, yeah. but, you, you know, these are the... Yeah. Sheffield United were good at Sunderland. I mean, the winning goal clearly shouldn't have stood, um, mm. as Tony Mowbray made clear afterwards. Uh, and, and and you've probably seen the ref apologised to Sunderland yeah. afterwards, but as Mowbray said, that doesn't change anything. But I thought what was interesting was, was 
Heckin bottom afterwards, really honest. You've been in his press as he is, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, "Look, I'm I'm glad Borough. I'm glad Borough dropped points last night. The players are glad Borough dropped points. The the players were all watching it, and and it did give us a boost." Um, and and then Michael Carrick yesterday, complete opposite, says he didn't watch Sunderland Sheffield United on Wednesday night. You know, we we'll just we'll just yeah. focus on us. But it it, it kind of I think um, emphasised the the difference in approach really between two mm, sides. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, my takeaway from that was um, that's that's going to be mentally exhausting for sure. I don't think I'm just trying yeah. to convince myself of this from a Borough perspective, but that's going to be mentally exhausting from a Sheffield United perspective to be to be cheering every Borough opposition goal. And, well, I mean, you can understand it two games out. You can understand it in the last fortnight of the season. But, the, you know, there's there's still two months of this to go. Yeah, so I was slightly surprised at that. Um, it, again, I don't know whether it's just been maybe in the Borough bubble, but kind of got the impression of it a little bit that it kind of shows that Sheffield United are rattled. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and and clearly have have and are conscious of what's going on behind. Yeah, them. Um, I think the one thing from the Sheffield United point of view is that it, it probably helps them that the international break comes straight after this game, whether they win it or they lose it. Because if they if they lose in the in this cup quarterfinal, miss out on the chance at Wembley at, at home, clearly that's a massive disappointment. If they win it. There'll be a load of hullabaloo about them going to Wembley, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But at least Heckingbottom, from his point of view, has this two-week gap to be able to kind of park that a bit, refocus, get minds back on the league. I think if Sheffield United had had this game, then being going into a Tuesday night game, then being going into another league game the following Saturday, I would have seen that as a real chance for Borough because I think they would have dropped points there. Whatever happens this weekend. Now, as I say, with the gap, I think that probably comes at a good time for them. I. I... I think, from a borough perspective, you want them to win at the weekend. You're right. Do you do you agree? Do you, I, I think? I yeah, think I think you do. I think that, you do. Because of that, really, because yeah, because if they lost, they've got a break. They've got a couple of they weeks. Can get to it out of their system. Off. Yeah. Whereas if they win, the whole Wembley thing's there. You know, players will. I mean, you know, just just with what happened with Newcastle the other month the two or three weeks before Wembley, they'll swear they'll swear blind it didn't, but everybody at that club had Wembley on their mind, whether it be... And how admitted that straight after, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that would be the case with Sheffield United. So it would be a distraction. They'd also have another game extra, so they'd have two games that they have to fit in and shuffle in somewhere. So yeah, I think you're right. I think Borough wants Sheffield United to win that game. I, like, you, like I said, I repeat myself here, I think it would have been different if they'd had a game on Tuesday night because I think that would have been a real ask on the back of a defeat. But um, but now I think, yeah, I think uh, I, I think I think you're right. I think Borough would want Sheffield United to win that and, and have the whole Wembley circus and the two extra games to have to shoehorn in. Um, and and you, you, last week we were talking about, you said there about that kind of this narrative that it's a two-horse race between Sheffield and Borough. And, and last week or the week before we were saying, well, actually, if Blackburn win, then they're in yeah. it. And and now you look at Luton and think, well, they're, mm. they're only a point behind. Are, are they not in it? They're at Sunderland tomorrow. They're at Sunderland, yeah. It's a, it's a, Tony it's a Mowbray was weekend where Borough fans are we wanting Sunderland to do yeah. it. Because Mowbray was saying earlier this week, there's still this narrative around kind of little Luton, and it's maybe because yeah. of the, the ground and, and kind yeah. of what they have been. But they made the playoffs last year. They, they, yeah. they, 
they know the drill at the top of the championship and they're awkward, aren't they? Um, well, the same, I mean, this, I'm looking at that league table there. Luton and Millwall are the two teams that stand out. That if it came down to the biggest clubs in the championship, they'd be the ones that you'd have dropping out, probably be replaced by Norwich and West Brom or Watford. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. I think Luton will end up in the playoffs because, like you say, for two years now, they've been amongst the best six sides in the championship. I have absolutely no, you know, hesitation to say that. Uh, Millwall, they're on the fringe of it, aren't they? You always feel they're hugely relying on their home form. I wouldn't be as confident about them, but I think Luton will be there. And given that they're only a point behind Borough, as you say, you know they will they will fancy themselves that if if Sheffield United do really stumble, they'll be fancying themselves just like Borough are. Because if they win this weekend, therefore I know Sheffield will have a game in hand, but they're four points, and again, yeah. you know that when it becomes a a conversation and Borough have got to go to Luton, haven't they? Um yes, right near that, the end of the season. That isn't that, it? that that has the look of a of a big game that one, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Kind of I think it's about mid-April, but it's certainly, yeah, maybe three or three weeks before the end of the season, something like that. So let's just quickly um have a look at the games this weekend. Then we're obviously Middlesbrough Middlesbrough pressed. I mean we we kind of say this every week, but if Borough turn up on all things being equal, they should have too much for Preston. Now, you know, it's not as simple as that, but it's an easier game than the Stoke game, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think that. And, and 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 we said that before the game on Tuesday, despite the fact... And and, and then Preston, I think, are unbeaten in seven. And, yeah. and Ryan Law was saying this week that, they, you know, they, if they win at Borough on Saturday, then, then they might have to reassess their... Uh, ambitions and maybe oh, look at yeah. they can make the top six. I, I, realistically, there's too many good teams between them and the top six. You'd say, um, yeah. but despite that run and despite the fact where they are in the table, my my instinct before Tuesday was that Stoke looked like a more difficult game. game. Um, yeah, yeah, that would be, that would have been my assessment of the week as well. Yeah, uh, but but I think I think it'll be I think it'll be kind of hard fought tomorrow. I think Preston will. will I'll, I'll make it difficult for Borough, but I think Borough will, will overpower them and have and have too much for them. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm the same, really. I think um, I think Stoke have more weapons to hurt you with. For all that, as I'm saying, that they have been struggling. Um, that you know their front line is a Premier League front line, really, and and you know in in, in attack and midfield they've they've got threats. They're also a real physical side that look to impose themselves on you. <laughs> Preston aren't really like that. I suspect Preston's game plan will be the kind of almost classic game plan of that we've seen increasingly of sides coming to the Riverside, that they'll want to sit off, keep it tight, be fairly cagey early on, not give Borough space in the final third, hang in the game, um, and then look to see what happens in the second half. And so the challenge then becomes, it, it could be an afternoon where patience is needed for Borough. In fairness, Stoke aside, obviously, there hasn't, you know, there hasn't been a lot of that really in the most recent home games under Carrick. They've they've kind of got the game won reasonably early and reasonably comfortably, and, it, and it's been more open games than maybe you would have anticipated. But this one, just you know, like you say, because of the run that Preston are on, and because they will come with you know a degree of confidence and certainly a degree of organisation, um, I, I think it might be an afternoon where patience is needed from a Borough perspective. But I'd back them to get there. I, I think they'll win. I, th- I think um, Cameron Archer will be, will be, will be desperate not well, to prove a point. It's not, it's not proving a point, but it's to, no, it's to kind but, of underline a point. If you like, yeah. it, 
you, you yeah, know what I mean. Preston yeah. Love and Don't the Ryan Law was desperate yeah, to get him back. Get him back. We talked about it for months, didn't he? In the lead up yeah. to the January window, so yeah. they'll be they'll be wary. I mean, not wary, but they'll also know exactly what he offers and what he brings. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you would imagine that Tuba Akpom will be rubbing his hands together because if Preston kind of set out, right, we've got to stop this this centre yeah. forward that we know all about. Well, that's where Akpom kind of comes into his own really and drifts into yeah. the pockets, isn't it? And, and, and drifts into the space. Um, another but, goal on Tuesday night. Like I said on Tuesday, you'd be brave to bet against him reaching thirty league goals now, which is which is, which is staggering. absolutely incredible, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah, we, we we see it every week, but it, it, yeah, it it it, it, it is absolutely incredible. Um, so the quick quick look at the other games. Um, Stoke Norwich. We've touched on Sunderland Luton a bit. Watford Wigan. I mean, seems like a big big chance for Watford to kind of um, try and get a little bit of momentum going under under Wilder with kind of all the issues that seem to be perennially going on at Wigan there. Um, Stoke Norwich. Interesting. I mean, you know, yeah. the evidence of Tuesday night. That's certainly not going to be easy for Norwich. I mean, this time last week, you, you, we'd have probably said, I mean, we say every week, don't we? We're changing our opinion every Friday. Mm. I think this time last week, I'd have said I fancy Norwich to get in the top six and then they lost at Sunderland and only managed to draw at Huddersfield. And that that is yeah. a tough-looking game. Um, you'd fancy Millwall to beat Warnock's struggling Terriers, wouldn't you, on um, yeah. Friday? They look, they look doomed. Um they do. And, and and you would fancy Watford to get a win in close yeah. like that. They need to win, don't they? I think it's six points, isn't they it? Do. They, they can't they afford do. any slip ups. Six up the first, yeah. I think you're right. I think the Millwall Watford double would look fairly strong. Throwing Borough for a treble that looks quite nice. But Stoke Norwich is probably the one that we had to bring. And Sunderland Luton, to be fair. I mean, Luton will start as deserved favourites, probably. I mean, Sunderland, you know, I know we've said it looked like they're running out of steam a little bit. So you probably fancy Luton to get a result there. And, and, and are we then on the subject of tipping for those who've lasted half an hour with yes. us? What's your, what's your tip for the Gold Cup? Right. So Gold Cup today, I I very boringly think the, the favourite's the best horse in the race, Gallop and the Champ. It's, it's the best chaser in training. It, it's never won over the Gold Cup distance. It nearly did last time out in Ireland, um, but it was a little bit shorter. That's the only doubt. I think it'll win, but I think that a good each way um, alternative potentially to finish second to it is a horse called Statler, which won over um, a, a similar marathon trip at Cheltenham last year in a novice race. Um, stays all day. Uh, would probably be the only horse in the field that actually would have wanted more rain than there's been this week. So if it, if it was to continue raining there at Cheltenham today, then I'd, I'd really give it a, a, a chance of winning the race. I suspect... If Gallop and Deschamps is as good as they think it is, it'll be too quick for Statler. But I think Statler will be staying on um, and will run into a place, especially if you can get a bookie that'll pay you four places. It's about 18 to 1, I think, this morning. 16, 18 to 1. So I'd take that as the alternative, but I think the favourite wins. And then my best bet of the day would be the second race, the county hurdle, wide open handicap hurdle. There's about... Um, you'll get some bookies that'll pay you six places. There's a horse called Gin Coco. That's about 12 to 1. Um, nice each way price. Really competitive race, but finished second in probably the most competitive hurdle race run in England this year in November. It's been put away since. Um, I think it'll run a big race. So Gin, Gin Coco each way at about 12s. Gallop and the Champ to win the World, the, the World Cup, the Gold Cup. 
Statler getting into a place. There you I'm go. Not, I'm going to have to have a few oh, quid on it. Tuba. Oh, no, not the tuba first goal. I'm going to have to have a few quid on it, like because I didn't, I didn't yeah. take it on the tip on Monday, and then when you messaged me on Tuesday night, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> well, there we go. There we go. Um, yeah, and we'll see you all on Monday when hopefully we're talking about a Borough win. And then, as I say, we do have some guests lined up. We'll definitely have one for the back end of next week, which is obviously international break. So no Borough game, but stick with us. We'll have plenty for you to watch. Like, subscribe, comment, um, enjoy your weekends, and we'll see you on Monday for another edition of You Are My Borough.